You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. At the beginning of the 1980s, Buck Rogers was blazing a futuristic trail across our TVs getting into adventures that often involved beautiful women in futuristic spandex costumes and hanging out with his wisecracking robot pal in his downtime. And a couple of years after that show was cancelled, you could walk into an arcade starting on this day in 1983 and, for just a quarter, you could be Buck Rogers. I'm Ryan Myers and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for November 30th. Originated in Japan under the title Zoom 909, Sega felt that something extra was needed to help their high-speed first-person space shooting game break into the American market. Video games were big business in late 83, though the next couple of years would see both the home video game and arcade industries suffer a devastating shakeout that would drive many established manufacturers out of the field. But Sega, a company with firm footholds in both Japan and North America, was betting its stateside fortunes on Zoom 909 by giving it a new name. Buck Rogers, Planet of Zoom. But here's the thing. Philip Francis Nolan's enduring comic strip space hero doesn't really appear in the game because the player is Buck, sitting, or standing, in the cockpit, flying Buck's starfighter through a succession of Death Star-style trenches and stretches of open space, both populated by an endless shooting gallery of enemy spacecraft, including traditional UFO-style saucers and hopping vehicles with legs. Anyone expecting to see or even just hear Gil Gerard or any other trappings of the recently cancelled television series was probably going to be disappointed. But that didn't seem to matter for the most part. It was one of the top-grossing arcade games of 1983 in the US and fared just as well in Japan under its original title. In a moment, Sega's unrealized plans to turn Buck into a video game empire. Hi, Dr. Phil Flox here, also known as John Billingsley. I volunteer for the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve terrific meals to the unhoused seven nights a week. We assist a hundred nonprofits with their food needs. We work with community partners to address food insecurity in Southern California. If you're in LA, come and volunteer with us at hofoco.org slash volunteer. And any Federation credits you can spare go a long way. The next stop for a runaway arcade success story was turning it into a home video game experience. By this point, trying to keep all of its money instead of settling for licensing leftovers, Sega was also making home video games. And Buck Rogers' Planet of Zoom did brisk business on everything from the Atari 2600 to the ColecoVision to Apple and Texas Instruments home computers. Some sacrifices had to be made in the areas of graphics and speed since there was a significant gulf between home game machines and arcade hardware in those areas. And yet Buck Rogers proved to be the perennial space hero, even when reduced to a cartridge or a floppy disk. While players were still blasting Buck's enemies between their beady 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 little eyes on the planet of Zoom, Sega announced several future titles, initially to be published for the Atari 2600. Buck Rogers' Marathon of Zenda, Buck Rogers' Secrets of Zadar, and Buck Rogers' Caverns of Zagreb. Alongside home video games based on Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, War of the Worlds, and even the movie Airplane, but that's not important right now. Remember that catastrophic shakedown of the American video game industry? It swallowed all of Sega's future plans whole, 
None of those games, whether they involved Buck Rogers or not, even got past the marketing announcement stage. It's highly unlikely that a single line of code was ever written for any of them. Buck Rogers video games would reappear beginning in 1990, but they were unlike Planet of Zoom and were completely unrelated to the batch of unrealized titles. But the good news is that we'll always have Planet of Zoom. Anyone with the right vintage hardware and the right cartridge can take a break from our futuristic Planet of Zoom meetings to blow up some alien invaders and ponder the game's lamentable lack of tweaking. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5, for November 30th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.